And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. And that is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far out of have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! You're listening to The Roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 27 of The Roundtable. I am Grant Brisby here with Andy McCullough, Mark Carrig. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Uh, the baseball season is coming to an end and the postseason is coming. You, you fired up? I'm for it. You're for it? Good, good. I'm not again it. I'm for it. I'm for it. Mark, how you doing? This again. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a Golden State Warriors park of vintage 1993. Because it was my birthday Friday, and my wife found it online. Oh, that's Dude, gorgeous. Dude, it's glorious. Let me see, wait, wait, wait. You got it. Fit oh, check. Oh, fit this, check. Let this. me see that. Oh, God. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, can you not buy new ones of those? Because, like, with the way trends work, right? Like, wouldn't those sell pretty well? I don't know. I'm sure you can. I just think it's the bonus points for finding, like, the OG legit, like, you know, complete with the little zipper and everything, like, little hangy starter. Thing. Oh, man, it's so good. About 10 years ago, I found a Giants, uh, San Francisco Giants starter jacket, which was when I was growing up. You know what the starter jacket? are? That's what I'm are? looking at right oh, now. Of course. Like, yeah. Of course. The shiny. Yeah, and so I, I uh, lucked into one and I... Uh, whenever I would wear it, people would just be like, oh, man, like I was I was uh, it's what it feels like to be popular. I felt it. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the <laughs> I'm on the starter website right now. And I just looked up the birds and like you can get like a varsity jacket that's made of satin, but you can't get the one that Mark gets. And I don't I would think I mean, I don't know. And to all the fashionistas and, you know, hipsters and hype beasts who listen to this show. Like, please explain to me why that this product is not available at the mall. Listen, I just took my daughter to uh, the thrift store, my, my soon-to-be 14-year-old daughter, and she basically just picked out all the, like, crap my wife would wear back in 1998. Like, she looked like she was ready to go to the Horde Festival, see some Blues Traveler, <laughs> Black Crows. Like, she was, she was on board. So, like, yeah, 90s are back, baby, which, hey, I'm in my element. Let's talk Blues Traveler. I have a uh, a long sleeve button down shirt from uh, I is my father's that you know uh, that I that I wear and it says Izod Sport like all the way down from like my left shoulder to my waist and huge you know it's got these big blocky chunks and things it's like the dumbest coolest shirt I own 
And like, if I walk into like the mall and like look in the stores, I'm like, they're selling a version of that shirt <laughs> for like a hundred dollars. I'm like, this is like they're taking your irony. Yeah. They're taking your yeah. irony let me from tell, you. Let me tell you Trends, what the man. biggest development of the last year or two has been: the return of teal. God, I can't get enough. I cannot get enough teal. It is back and it is back strong. Let's go. What is he talking about? Teal. It's everywhere. <laughs> He's trying to segue into the the Marlins, which segues <laughs> into the Braves, which segues into hold the on, Mets. Hold so on, like hold now, on, hold on. I just I know because we can do the playoff stuff. I just want to make a point about Roger Maris Jr. I just want to make a point please? about Roger Maris Jr. Please leave him alone. He's allowed to like his dad. He's allowed to be proud of his dad's record. He's allowed to say, you know, that his dad had the real record. It's okay. It's okay to like your dad. That's all. You don't have to get upset. You don't have to, you know, like debate it. You don't have to say, get this guy off my timeline. No, he likes his dad. He liked it when his dad had the record. That's okay. It's all right. I will just respond to that with the idea that my brand is somewhat intertwined with Barry Bonds and the San Francisco Giants, (laughs) and I'm uh, on the partisan side of that. And if you search my timeline, not a single tweet about Roger Maris Jr. because I, I don't care. Like, it's just, it's a non, yeah, exactly. Like, he's allowed. It's okay. Uh, I get that when he makes a tweet, it's like, ah, oh, that is slightly annoying to me, but I'm not the intended audience. Ooh, whatever. So, like, it's, it offends me less than uh, when, like, a writer, like a baseball journalist goes, sure. that's the real record. That drives me up the wall. Roger Maris Jr., I don't know. I, I think my favorite part of this harkens back to an old gimmick or old bit that I'm sure Andy can relate to. And this was when Ric Flair came to the WWF and they're running around mm. calling him the real world's champion. Mm. Like that is Yeah, and he had the big gold. Yeah. He took the, the he took the big, big gold, gold strap, strap with him. Yeah. yeah, right. And they were mm-hmm. and then they were censoring it like it was born. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what like every time this flares up, it, it, I go back to that. Like he's the real home run champion. And and I think my favorite part of this, and and this is you know tied to Grant's point about how he's Hashtag brand is a bit tied into some of this stuff. Is the difference between the very online capital O people that respond to this and kind of the gen pop? Because I think the gen pop's looking at Roger Maris Jr. and going, heck yeah, he's right. And the very online people are like, F you, it's fun. Nobody cares. So I think it's very polarized, you know. way that this is received i find it fascinating one thing that i've found is that uh there if you when you when this subject comes up there are a lot of you know gen pop was a good way of looking at it but even people who you know are are gen pop on the internet so people tweeting about maris and bonds and judge who maybe don't normally tweet about baseball and uh, they're saying things you know like yeah that's right you know the the <clears throat> Maguire and Sosa and Bonds, you know, sullied the record because they were tainted with performance enhancing drugs. And, you know, the record book used to mean something and, you know, now it doesn't because of that. And you'll see a response from being like, you don't even like baseball. What are you talking about? You don't even watch baseball. And it's like, right, maybe there's a connection there. Like, <laughs> right, like maybe, yeah, right. Maybe they stop. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And like, I look, I'm not personally like, I'm not, I don't have like uh, moral uh, opinions about steroid use, right? Like, I, you know, I don't care, uh, frankly. But uh, some people did, right? And like it did have an effect. And so pretending that, not pretending it didn't happen, pretending that it doesn't matter, I think is you're kind of missing the point. Can I just do a little hypothetical quickly, then we can move on. Because I'm thinking again of like the whole real world's champion bit. When I was in Atlanta, I was covering uh, covering the Mets. We were in Atlanta. Hank Aaron's in the house. Pretty cool, all right? They do a big pregame introduction. 
Hank Aaron comes out onto the field and I want to say it was like Chip Carey or somebody that was doing the introduction and they go. And now the real home run champion. Woo! Hank Aaron. Right. And like the place, of course, <laughs> pops. It's yeah, old Turner pop, Field. Big pop. big pop. Now, I was amused by it because one, it's like, hey, good for them. Like, if this is how you feel and like, I get it. Great. And like that, you know, the fact that I'm all for Henry Aaron getting that ovation. Right. All for it. On the other hand, I'm like, okay, like the record book says something else. And it's like, yeah, this is great and all that. But, you know, I remember just thinking to myself, what an odd thing, right? Only in baseball. So I'm just wondering, Grant, given your hashtag brand, right? If you'd been sitting next to me in the press box that afternoon and he has and that's that's the introduction and that's the pop. What is Grant Brisby's reaction to that? It's fine. It's fine in the way that baseball to me, thrives on these kind of arguments. It thrives on Babe Ruth Ruth was impressive. Guess what? He did it pre-integration. Roger Maris was impressive. Guess what? That's the first year of expansion. Like, I love those arguments. Context makes an argument sing. Like, if you're going to tell me, oh, well, 756 is a smaller number, no, okay, that's annoying, right? Like, clearly he has more home runs, but we get to argue about it. That's that's the that's the meat. That's the, the the nectar inside baseball is that you get to say yes. But Bonds was facing guys who were juiced up, and you look at the at bat between Eric Gagne and oh. like that was a vision of the future. Oh. You know that was that was two supermen combining. It's the like they of had all time, the nutri- yeah. yeah. It's like they had the nutrition and the the knowledge of the future transported in there, and it just happened to be dirty. <laughs> but that stuff is it, it, it's great, and we can argue about it. And if you want to say it's Roger Maris, it's Roger Maris. If you want to say it's Aaron Judge, it's Aaron Judge. I love it. I love that stuff. I just had this vision of Ivan Drago. Yeah, right. Trying to throw sliders past Ivan Drago. Break you. Yeah. <laughs> I will say if uh, if Grant was sitting next to Mark in a press box, his reaction would have been, Mark, do you have a gold card? How'd you get in here? What, are, you, are you still in the BBWAA? Man, I don't have any room. I was so absent this year from the press box more than any other year. So I can't even, like, Mark probably went to more games than me. I can't. No, probably not. No, no. I I just have have a little, uh, lots of reasons. Uh, Mostly I'm just a big fan. Anyways. (laughs) You want to talk about the playoffs? Let's talk about the playoffs. I just wanted to say that about Roger Maris Jr. I I can't get mad about Roger Maris Jr. He He likes his dad. His dad had the record. It was a nice thing. He wants to honor his dad's memory. Well, who cares? Let's move on. Yeah, I'd like I picture in the future one of my daughters defending my tweets, my dumb jokes. Like they're just like, no, my dad was a genius at making puns. Like, look at this guy. And it's like, no, I don't deserve it. But... So first off, you call it the playoffs. Have you ever had someone email you mad because you don't call it the postseason and that you call it the playoffs? No, I have. Yeah, I have. It's it, someone sent me this very long email saying it's the MLB postseason playoffs or basketball. The playoffs are football. MLB has the postseason. So uh, I'll just forward it to you, so you know where where that guy stands. For someone who's going to send like a long email on that point to use that, that to then use MLB is really frustrating, <laughs> right? Because MLB as an entity has only existed really since I think the year two thousand and before that. Right. And that's why they don't call it the MLB, like you would say the NBA or the NFL. All right. Major League Baseball, like, did not exist in that sense until really recently. So, like, you know, I don't know. Like, save it is basically what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to, like, get into that dumbass argument. Yeah, don't do that. Right, and then put MLB in there. Like, probably, you should probably be quiet. Stop writing. Don't hit send. 
for another podcast, I'll, I'll talk about the story about the gentleman from Minnesota who sends handwritten letters to anyone who dares say that Willie Mays was better than Mickey Mantle. He lays out his case and he sends them to their places of employment. That's for another podcast. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll save yeah, that. No one needs that. No. So, all right. Postseason, not the playoffs. Postseason, it's annoyingly up in the air. We were just talking about this before going on. We record a day before. So if we make an assumption that by this time, tomorrow is less certain, we apologize. But uh, we kind of know what's going on, right? We have a basic idea. It looks like right now it's going to be, you know, Cardinals, Phils, Mets, Padres, Guardians, Rays, Jays, Mariners. Like it's it looks like that. But there are obviously several permutations where like the, the five and the six can flip. You know, the Phillies have the tie break over the dads. So, yeah, I think and they're a game back right now. So, I you know, but I think it does. It sets up for, I think. Mets Padres would be a really fun series. It probably be fairly miserable for the Mets, uh, you know, and their fans, mostly just Mets fans. Like it's the Mets, they're paid to play baseball, but like, I don't feel pity for them. I do feel the fan base, man, like what a, what a rough weekend. Like this is the best Mets season since 1988. Like this is the best team they've assembled in quite a long time. I don't know. Maybe you could argue the 2016 was better, but this team is really, really, really good. They do a lot of things well. It's a very admirable club. They've overcome a lot. They also made some mistakes. You know, they were probably a little too uh, cautious at the deadline. The offense, uh, you know, wasn't really bolstered in a way that made a difference. And they got run down by the Braves, who are one of the three best teams in the sport. They're the defending champions. They are just tough as hell. And the Mets went into Truist Park this weekend, you know, up in the division. And basically, as long as they won one game, they were going to be in the driver's seat to win the division. Spoiler alert, they didn't win a single game. They lost with DeGrom, Scherzer, and Chris Bassett on the mound. And it's just like a really, I was there yesterday. It's a really interesting vibe, right? And that, like, this team is really good. They played well for most of the year. They haven't even played poorly during the time that the Braves ran them down. But, like, now they're kind of staring down the barrel of potentially seeing, you know, you Darvish who they've kind of historically had trouble with. And he's you Darvish. He's very good. You know, Joe Musgrove and Blake Snell and, you know, you know Juan Soto, who's very good uh, despite his numbers. Manny Machado, who's very good despite his slump uh, lately. And so it's just – it's kind of like a really disappointing outcome for what's been like a marvelous season in New York, if that makes sense. You know, we've talked on this pod about Grant's East Coast education – Right, sort of filling in Grant's cultural gaps when it comes to crap that happens out here. And of course, you know, Andy grew up in Philly, East Coast guy. I grew up in the Bay Area, but have spent most of my adult life out here, right? So I'm kind of that person in between. And Grant, of course, West Coast, born and bred, still there. Trying to explain the Met fan psyche is one hell of a thing because I think what accompanies what happens when the Mets fail on the field is then the requisite psychoanalysis of, of what happened to the Met fan mind afterward. And, and what has been fascinating to me is that, Andy, I'll say it, I think this is the best team that they've had probably since mid-80s. Mid yeah, like they had like, as far as just like, yeah, like they do. And this is no disrespect to the teams they've had since then, right? You mentioned 15, um, obviously those teams that were battling with the Braves back in the day, like those were really good baseball teams. The team they feel this year, I think, is like they're really good. 
right? And I think that's a really big point you make. It's not like they fell apart like a $2 suitcase in the rain the last three months. They got run down by Secretariat the last three months, okay? The Braves are like stupid. Maybe the Mets should have worried less about becoming the Dodgers of the National League and the Braves of the NL East, <laughs> right? Because like th that franchise has got it going on. I give them credit. You know, Alex Anthopoulos and that group have done a really nice job. Snit, all those guys, like they, they've locked him up. They're a really good team. The psychoanalysis part of this is just insane to me because you got fans that are comparing this to 2007. And Grant, 2007 is like one of the most infamous collapses in the history of baseball. That team did not make the playoffs. All right. Like they, they collapsed and it was over. All right. And I remember being an intern at the at the Washington Post at the time. And I'm I'm out covering a random late season Met Nationals game at Nationals Park. And at Nationals Park, like the GM suites are next to the press box, like where the writers would be. And a lot of times you'll ride downstairs with them. And I will never forget. Like, I think the Mets had hung on and won a game. It's one of the few games they'd won in that stretch where they're like, hang on for dear life. And I'm right next to Omar Minaya going downstairs, and Omar Minaya is sweating the ocean. Like, he is, like, when, when you say the term sweating it out, he literally had sweated it out for innings and he looked it. He looked like he was like running through the sprinklers in center field. And so, to compare what happened over the weekend to 2007 just tells you the depth of like trauma that this group of people feels. Because like I think objectively, they're not the same at all. Because one of those teams went home, the other team's going to the playoffs, postseason, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> what percentage of fans, and I'm just trying to work out this trauma in my head, Mets fan, you're a Mets fan, what's the percentage of people who are Mets fans and also Jets fans and Knicks fans. Like, how big is that Venn diagram? Because I have a buddy who's one. Yeah, one of my best friends has has that unfortunate profile. Um, and he was really happy about this Mets season. He was really having the time of his life. And uh, let me see if I can find the text he sent me. It just seems like that is, you are not rewarded ever. You you watch sports to be rewarded, and then all of a sudden you're yes, you're rewarded. And other than Lynn Sanity, like what do you have if you're rooting for that triumvirate? Here's the thing, right? Like, uh, and by the way, the percentage I would say is if you're an active sports fan, that's probably the most common alignment. All right, it, it's Giants, Yankees, Mets, Jets, right? And then of course it's the Knicks for everyone, pretty much, except for because I mean the Nets like are here, but they just don't have the same fan base like size of fan base right so anyway like i'd say 70 percent. like that's like seven of ten people if you're like into like football and baseball and basketball that's sort of like how you would align right but like as we talk right now guys that's a 98 win baseball team that we're talking about 98 wins and by the way and, and i caught so much heat on twitter for this people thought i was being a smart ass and i wasn't I swear to God, I wasn't. <laughs> the Mets have made the playoffs 10 times in 61 years. Like, 10. Like, dude. And that's not because, like, you know, look, some of it is because they were bad for a long time, right? Like, there, there certainly there there's incompetence involved there. But a lot of it is that it's still hard to make the playoffs. All right? It's a little less hard now. But for most of that 60-whatever years, it was very, very hard. And my point was like, hey, you should celebrate that fact. Like, what the hell are you complaining about? It's happened 10 times. And this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers have only made the playoffs 10 times in the past 10 years. I mean, that doesn't happen every day. No, I mean, like... <laughs> 
got hey, by the way, I got a text from someone in baseball that you'd appreciate, Andy. They said congratulations to manager of the year, Andrew Friedman. <laughs> what what do you mean? I think he was implying that Andrew Friedman manages the Dodgers. So I think that's the job. I'm looking, that's I'm the looking joke, forward Andy. to another October of doing this again. Dave Roberts is the manager and you can't only blame him when stuff goes wrong. Don't yell at the messenger. I'm just it's passing just, the, the text that I heard from someone in baseball. Years. It's that's like all. when something goes wrong, whatever. Anyway. Kershaw, one, two, three, four, Grant. That's the pass. <laughs> the text I received from my buddy Rob was just, I hate the Braves so much. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, that's just a lifetime of getting the sand kicked in your face by the Atlanta Braves, right? And by the way, like the stuff on the site about that was awesome last week. There's a story that DOB and Britain wrote about the rivalry I thought was really good. You guys should check it out. Like, and it, it's to, It speaks to Andy's buddy's point. Right. Like, and by the way, is it crazy how that happens in baseball? Right. Different people, different clubs, different owners, different everything. History repeats. Like, the Braves kick sand in their faces again. I love those rivalries that just happen organically. It's not geography. Uh, I, I really wish if I could go back and and there's a period of time where I could take the time machine back to really experience it. Royals Yankees in the, at this oh, in the end of the seventies. That's 70s. a good one. You know what I mean? It, it, that is uh, just moi. It's just they hated each other. They were just right there at the same time. Like there's no reason for the Niners and the Cowboys to have this history. There's no reason for the Niners and the Packers to have this history, but they do. Those are the kind of rivalries that I love. And Braves and, and Mets is not quite that because they're in the same division, but it's not as organic as uh, you know the Mets and the Yankees if they're in the same division, or the Giants and the Dodgers are obvious. There's something that it just it's circumstances are putting these two teams and just making them bump heads, and I love that sort of stuff. I don't know if we have really one of those matchups in this postseason. I think so far the closest we've got is Rays-Jays, but that's not really like one of those. I mean, I, we are setting up potentially for a, uh, you know, an Astros-Yankees-Dodgers-Braves-NLCS. Uh, that obviously a ton of things have to happen for, for that to fall into place. Like all four teams need to advance to the CS, which is far from guaranteed. But there's, there's some chance for some, you know, but the, I don't... I don't know. I mean, is there a particular series this coming weekend that you guys are most interested in outside of the one we've talked at at relative length? Listen, I like uh, postseason baseball. I like the Rays and Guardians in terms of uh, smart teams, teams where I'm not tired of all the players involved. And I don't mean like I'm tired of uh, <laughs> you, Darvish, or Aaron Judge. Like, I'm not tired of them, but I, I know them. I've watched them for years and years and years. And so most of the teams have... The Astros have a lot of players like that. The Braves. I'm pretty familiar with the Braves, other than the randos they've called up from AAA or AA who are all-stars now. Um, but, like, the Rays and Guardians hit that sweet spot of, like, I feel like I will watch them and go, oh, oh, that, oh, that guy's that. This is a fun way of saying you have no idea who's playing in this series. I like that. Like, you're going to turn on the TV on Friday and be like, all right, okay. Miles Terry, Terry Francona Miles is still managing in Cleveland. No, Tito? <laughs> yeah. Tito! No, what he's yeah. going to do is turn the TV on, make up three names, and realize that those are the dudes pitching the 6th, 7th, and 8th for the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> Their spin rate is 900,000, and they just, they're just they going up there, and they're just spinning the old baseball right through they the zone. They got rid of Eastman McGee, so you know they're ready to go. They're, they don't have a spot for him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't uh, – I, 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 this is not like a, uh, a value judgment, but the Rays do not – uh, offensively play aesthetically pleasing baseball, so I don't know how uh, excited I am to watch 
that one. Uh, I am curious to see how ready for primetime the Guardians are because there's uh, there's some stuff to like there. You know, they've got – they can pitch. They can really pitch. Obviously, we've known that for a while. Their offense is kind of young and, like, obviously unproven outside of Ramirez on this stage. Um, and even Ramirez was, you know, like a child when they were, you know, making the playoffs, you know, five years ago. So, yeah, that they, they will be intriguing. They're very, very intriguing. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You kind of nailed it where I just don't know those teams. Like that. And that excites me. But <laughs> right. I, I feel like the, yeah, the, the Mariners are on when I'm winding up uh, my West Coast day. The Mariners are on. So I see the Mariners, the, the Blue Jays. We've talked about them and we talked about them, I think, last week where they just could be a monster team in this postseason. So you have the, the heart is with the Mariners, but the brain is with the Jays. That's going to be a hell of a series. Do you want to hear a semi fun fact about the Mariners Jays uh, series? Uh, no, I need full fun. It, I, I, it depends on what you, how you define fun. You want to hear a fact about this series? 
Okay, yes. <laughs> so the Mariners, right, have ended the longest drought in North American professional sports, longest postseason drought in North American professional sports. The previous baseball team who occupied that was the Blue Jays when they ended it in 2015. The Blue Jays obviously had not been to the postseason since 1993. Do you know who was the GM of the Blue Jays that year? Pat Gillick. Pat Gillick. Do you know who was the Blue Jays or was the GM of the 2001 Seattle Mariners, the last Pat Mariners Gillick. team to make the postseason? Pat Gillick. Pat Gillick. And so I, I, I discovered that this weekend. I, I maybe, maybe a lot of people knew that. I just sort of forgot. Do you know what season these two teams started playing baseball? The uh, same Mariners, one, 1977. What, oh, that's. I think these were the same. These were the same expansion seasons. I want to say. Yeah, Danny Ainge, I think, was on. Danny Ainge was on the Jays. Jays. Yeah, I had I had his uh, eighty-one Donruss. Uh, I, I, I cherished that because I thought it was it was so funny that he was a baseball player. Let's remember some guys. Um, remember some guys. I, I, you know, of all the series, I think the Jays series actually is the one that I want to look at because there's some really good young dynamic players over there that are now going to be on the stage. And you remember, I think it was Vlad Jr. that was talking about last year was a trailer. This is the movie. So now they're going to host playoff games like they're, they're, you know, after a season in which they were up and down and super streaky, they get to the dance and are likely to host. And, and so I don't know, I'm interested to see how that looks on a stage like this. Cause you know, when we talked about this last week, this is a team that if they get hot, look out. I don't think anyone wants to play them if they get rolling. If you look at the names of the lineup, you look at the talent level that they have, you know, and then you got Stripling. My goodness. It's, you know, like that. <laughs> right, Andy? Like, so anyway, but, but seriously, like that is, um, you know, not only the element of the Mariners being back in it after so long, but I think, man, the Jays are, you know, like they're like a sleeping giant to me. But we haven't seen their best yet. And if it happens to come in October, I think, you know, they could disrupt some things. They have some uh, Bravesian qualities, if that makes sense. Um, the Braves last year played really well in the second half, but they kind of been asleep at the switch for most of the first half. And so if you looked at their numbers past whatever, like a certain date, they played at like 100 win pace, you know. So it's, it wasn't – it shouldn't have been as surprising how well they played and I think if you look, we talked about this a little bit before. I mean, if you look at the Jays, just their roster, you're like, whoa, who's the dead spot in this lineup? You know, and none of those guys have had particularly like outstanding seasons, you know, like Springer's down a little bit. Um, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is down a little bit. Uh, Bo Bichette really came on in a way he hadn't in, in years past. But even so, it's not like, a, you know, it's not an Aaron Judge type season, right? But but if you look at just like, if you look at just the OPS pluses, you see a lot of like 115 to 130s and you're like okay there's uh, there's some potential for, for damage here and they've got you know three guys at the top of the rotation who've pitched really well um obviously we're going to see how that plays against you know elite lineups but there's the, the sleeping giant is like they could just stay asleep the whole time right they might not wake up that's like, true there's no like that's true they haven't played well enough to earn like sort of the the expectation that they're going to be any good. But if they go on a run, if they heat up, they are the sort of club who you're like, this isn't a particularly fun matchup. Right. I mean, you said it, dude, Bravesian. Like, right? Who was going, oh, the Braves are dangerous last year? Like, I mean, I think they had a puncher's chance to hit for power, turned it on. But like, you weren't like, oh, these are the people to keep an eye on. This is a club that's going to do it. I mean, look, every team that's in the dance can do it. I'm just saying, I don't remember chatter like that about the Braves last year. And then here they are winning the World Series. I think Toronto 
like you said, uh, uh, that's a good comp, actually. I, I think there are some similarities there just in how their seasons went and sort of how the clubs are constructed. So, uh, you know, is it a team that can win in October? I think absolutely. I mean, they got a guy on the back end of their bullpen that has been lights out, and Jordan Romano, too. You know, now the bridge leading to him, you know, gets a little dicey there. But like, you, got, you got three legit starters, you got a closer, and you got a, you got a lineup full of dudes who can hit the ball over the fence. So let me ask you this. It, I've had this theory, and I, it's been like bouncing around in my head in the last couple of years. It used to be when I was writing about the postseason in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, there was always this like, oh, it's the postseason. Anything could happen. Baseball's wacky, <laughs> and this is good. And I feel like that's not as true now to where you're just going to see the Astros and the Dodgers, or you are going to see these teams are so good and they have not unlocked the secrets of baseball, but they've at least uh, got a few sides of the Rubik's Cube uh, the same color. Like, I just feel like it's tougher for a team like the Mariners to have a run where they are all of a sudden the 2015 Royals or the 2014 whoa. Giants. And, well, surprise. You, I mean, you know, I just, uh, I'm sorry. That was one of, they're like one of the best teams I've ever seen. I'm sorry. Like the 27 Yankees, the the 15 royals they are unimpeachable they i'm so sorry about that they Andy. won like 94 <laughs> games okay like they won they were a really good they were the best team in baseball all year long all right then pick that cardinals team that had like okay Jeff well that's fine they ace. won 83 games that's like an you know it's harder for one of those teams can, is what can we saying. get low on here yeah let's get low on here to yell at grant Grant, I think the point you were making, I don't know if I totally agree with it. Uh, however, I do think that this year it will be interesting to see how the lack of off days plays into some of your argument in that because the off days are being cut out, the season, the postseason will more slightly resemble the regular season in which depth will become more important. So we're talking about fourth starters, fifth starters, the guys who are, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh inning guys rather than just being able to load up, you know, as the, um, the Nationals did in 19 where they were able to get Corbin – Hudson and Doolittle in basically every game they won, right? Like, and they were able to use uh, Scherzer and relief in a way that it's going to be more challenging to just use starters and relief. It's going to be more challenging to ask, um, you know, like closers to go multiple innings when, you know, in like a game three situation where you have like five games in a row coming out of that. You know what I mean? And so that tends to redound toward the benefit of the best, deepest teams. Who are the best, deepest teams? It's the Dodgers, who, as we talked about last week, uh, if they win the World Series, they have a reasonable claim as the best team ever assembled. Uh, if the Astros win the World Series, they are uh, – like, the Astros are awesome. The Braves are really good. The Mets are very deep uh, as well. So, you know, like, the Cardinals are pretty good. Whatever. I'm just naming big, good baseball teams because my cat got in the way. <laughs> But what I think the losing the off days, it makes life better for the Dodgers. It makes life better for the Astros. You guys talk for a minute. I'm going to throw my cat out a window. Uh, oh, he's going to defenestrate yeah, his He's going to do it. He's, it's happening. You know, as Andy was talking about that, I'm looking at like the playoff bracket or postseason bracket, whichever one you want to call it. And I'm curious, right? Like who's got the deepest bullpen in this bunch? Because isn't that what we're talking about really? Right, we're talking about depth, and it, you have lack of off days, and all that kind of thing. What we're really talking about is how you're deploying your bullpens. 
And so, and it becomes a matter of not only picking the right guy for the right spot, but having enough options because you don't want to run them into the ground. You can't just like keep running the same bullpen arms out there over and over and over again. So it becomes a test of depth. So who's the deepest bullpen in this bunch? Ooh, I got to tell you, like the Guardians, one of their least effective relievers, he's merely striking out like five guys for every one that he's <laughs> That's it? Eli Morgan, you know what I mean? Like they are pretty darn deep. I'm not sure if it's it's that kind of uh, 2015 Royals bullpen where you just, oh, we can't, but it's close. I mean, the Guardians, are they have a pretty darn good bullpen. That's up there. Doesn't that like, you know, elevate their chances of making some noise then? If you've got a team that can just run all these arms out at you and, and there's multiple um options you're not as worried about exposing them too much in a series you know like that that quantity does a lot for you and and certainly they're going to know how to deploy them they're going to pick the right guy for the right spot so you know another like when you guys are talking about the guardians being a team to keep an eye on and it's very interesting that's another reason right there the structure of the playoffs might make it so that they can really leverage that advantage uh, moving forward let me ask you a hypothetical. Let me pose a hypothetical scenario to you guys. As fans of the game, as scribes who crave content, I'm going to present to you two different uh, championship series matchups on one in either league. Right. In one hand, you can have the Guardians and the Mariners facing off in the ALCS and the Phillies and the Padres facing off in the NLCS. New teams, fresh faces. On the other hand, you can have Yankees, Astros, Braves, Dodgers. Which one are you taking as a fan of the game, as someone who likes creating content? The best teams are in the championship series and you get to see them bash each other's head in. Or do you want eh, kind of new, fresh faces? Grant, this is my pledge to you. Please. If that first iteration comes to fruition, I will quit the business rather than just be let laid off because baseball coverage as you know it will cease to exist. <laughs> we live in a time of, you know, widespread inflation, you know, there's there's worry of a global recession, and we in the content industry cannot afford this. That would be a no, bridge too I mean, far. Like, that look, would be. I, I'll cover whatever series there is, right? Like, but what I, I, you know, I really enjoy. Everyone, you know, knows that I joke about like hating my life and my job, uh, but I really like postseason baseball. It's super fun. I do think, though, that marquee franchises are good for business, which for us is getting people to read. However, like I hope that this inspires irritated Guardians fans and irritated Padres fans to come out of the woodwork and subscribe to The Athletic. <laughs> what a save. I like uh, postseason baseball too. So both of them like get me excited. I just didn't know if there, if you had strong feelings either way. It seems that you do. Uh, but I would not be annoyed with Yankees, Astros, Braves, Dodgers, because those would be hell of a series. That would be wild. Four of definitively the five best teams. Like, that's the whole point of... The sport is you want to reward teams who who spend, teams who try, teams who are aggressive at the deadline, teams who, you know, go for it rather than reward teams who, you know, like teams that go for it. The Padres and Phillies. Come on. Well, those are two. That's true. Uh, that's true. The, the Guardians, who I actually as we've kind of gotten into this a lot like I really like the way they've built this club and like it makes a ton of sense but every time I say this Mark goes like yeah but they could have gotten to bat they could have spent more money they could have blah, blah, blah. it's like okay yeah you're right you know I get that it's frustrating for a lot of fans especially ones who aren't in big markets to see the same clubs you know in that spot but like 
those teams in those markets like spend the resources to maintain their dominion over you know their underlings it's a numbers game those teams you know have deeper fan bases like that's just the fact there's more of them so if you're the league i think it's a pretty simple calculation you you want as many eyeballs on on the postseason as possible and if you got teams with the biggest fan bases involved obviously they're going to want that now me i don't care all right like if it ends up being the matchup that you'd said the first time like i mean what saves it is that you're going to have star players involved in it anyway Right, like I mean, who's going to complain about Julio Rodriguez in, on a postseason stage like, like that? I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. I think that's awesome. If what we saw, like you know, in the All Star game that that whole weekend, and to see that, like with the highest, st- oh, come on, give me a break, let's go. Right, I'm in. So I, I think it helps. You know who didn't see the All Star game? Who? The overwhelming majority of Americans. It got the lowest ratings. That's ever. true. <laughs> no, look, I mean, whatever. Like, I, it's going to be fun either way. Baseball's cool. I mean, it's Zach Wheeler versus one. So I just, I'm yeah, a base. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no. I'm a baseball I sicko. So like- I definitely would like to see that rather than the Dodgers and the Astros returning to the World Series to face oh, one another again. Yeah, yeah sure, like that definitely, sure. that definitely is not a matchup that people would be interested in. It's a great matchup. It's a great matchup. It the idea of one of those teams winning the World Series it doesn't appeal to my uh, sense of equity. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, you're in the wrong sport, buddy. I know, but okay. I, I'd rather equity. the Mariners. That'd be that'd be fun. In the Padres. Day, you, first day, first day in baseball. <laughs> equity. Speaking of equity, this would be a good time to announce my book deal, but it's not official yet. So anyway, moving on. Anyway, <laughs> what's the subject? Is it'll that, be a two. Are we talking it'll Royals? Be, no, it'll be announced at a later date, Grant. You'll be shocked by what it is. It how to blow podcast. your mind? How to yeah, what dude, this is? How to how to podcast? How to research for a baseball podcast? The definitive resource for researching and being totally buttoned down. Producer Brian is asking us a question, which I think is is relevant. Uh, we 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 got on this a bit last week, just on how good the Dodgers are. Uh, so it's just very simple. Do you you know Grant and Mark? Do you think that they will win the World Series? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well like yeah, I mean if the choice is Dodgers or the field take the field right but if the choice is any individual team take the Dodgers right uh, yeah I mean good lord like you know stuff went wrong over there this year <laughs> like I mean yeah. th- this is like right. you know we've seen clubs like roll into the postseason because shit just didn't go wrong right like it happens sometimes like, I mean Grant, correct me if I'm wrong, like the Giants won World Series partly because the pitchers never got hurt. There were seasons where like they used like eight guys to start games or whatever. Like, and that shit just doesn't happen. The Dodgers have had all kinds of crap go on over there. They've had calamity after calamity. All right. There are fires going up all over the roster and it doesn't seem to matter. That is the damnedest thing. Right? Like, I mean, I think you brought this up last week or two weeks ago, Andy. Like, I mean, you got former MVPs struggling and it's like sidebars these are like little side stories because like the train just kept on rolling i mean that's uh, i can't emphasize it enough someone who's covered baseball for a long time was around it every day for a really long time that is just exceptional to to have things go wrong and then this is what you get like the end product is them what franchise record for most wins it's outrageous Goodness gracious it's outrageous you know a hell of a job in the dugout by andrew friedman <laughs> 
Their current record's 110 in 50. They are uh, four games under their Pythagorean one-loss record. They are unlucky. Four games unlucky. <laughs> One of the un- unluckiest teams in baseball. Oh my yeah, and that's gracious. and that is with Max Muncie hitting 198, Chris Taylor doing nothing, Cody Bellinger is apparently this is his new normal. Well, their their best pitcher perhaps is out for the season with Tommy John surgery. Uh, their closer, once closer, Craig Kimbrell has been a little bit of a nightmare. Doesn't matter. 100, 110 wins. They don't have a closer. Whatever. Shrugs. You know, like MVPs, you know, like doing nothing, shrugs, like nothing seems to matter over there. Like, (laughs) it's crazy. Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney. I don't even know if I've said Andrew Heaney's name out loud. Heaney, yes, are just awesome. They're they're like two of the best pitchers in baseball. And you've seen other teams try to get that. The Yankees try to get Heaney. The Giants tried to get Tyler Anderson to do like good pitcher things. The Dodgers weaponize these pitchers. And that's just what they do. They'll just take Tyler. Oh, okay, Tyler Anderson, the best pitcher in baseball. The Dodgers have given up uh, 507 runs this year. Uh, That number doesn't really mean anything. It's not like 61 or anything. But if they get through the next few days without giving up five runs it will be the lowest total ever allowed in the divisional era that's insane Uh, now i will say the the houston astros have given up 516 this year that is the astros are quite a good baseball team and so if i'm saying uh you know i'd like to see the astros and the dodgers play uh it's not just because of the sort of narrative element of uh you know, having a, the 2017 rematch with, you know, frankly, a lot of the characters still around. It's because these teams are freaking incredible and it would be awesome to watch them play seven games. That's all. I think we have not talked nearly enough about Justin Verlander coming back from Tommy John surgery to, oh, have one of his best seasons ever. I mean, you don't have the bulk. You don't have the innings. He's not pitching uh, 251 innings like he, he did a decade ago, but uh, he's as good as ever, and he's 39 coming off Tommy John surgery. What the hell is that about? I reject it. No, I've already talked about this. I rejected it, and I reject it again. I rebuke it. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It's uh, it's 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 pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I mean, you look at him. He's still, you know, doing it. Max Scherzer's still doing it. Uh, Clayton Kershaw's still doing it. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're Hall of Famers for a reason. Don't forget the Albert Pujols renaissance. He's hit, he's hit 62 homers in the last month. <laughs> so we could get like uh we could get a world series where it's game on the line justin verlander versus albert pujols i mean that is uh that is chef's kiss narrative i'm a narrative junkie i'll take that 2004 is wild (laughs) it's a wild time boy no, I could I could go for I could go for any of these matchups. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I just anything more, guys, before I close it out. Not this this wacky episode of the roundtable. Uh, no, looking forward to the postseason. Can't wait to see who's in there. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun. A lot of good teams. A lot of good players. You know, it's always fun. When was the last time there was a bad playoffs? It's always good. That's a that's like an existential question. I'm trying to think. Uh, a bad playoffs now. I think they're all pretty good. I will say that Jeff Weaver one drove me nuts, though. Yeah. When the car, that was, yeah, that that just that was a little too much. But I, I will be writing uh, postseason stuff. I'll be covering the first two uh, serieses. I will be doing recaps of every day, so I will actually know what I'm talking. Yeah, readers about. are when readers I, are getting the daily grant, right? I love that. Yeah, that's I love awesome. that. So I, but I will be on next week, and I will like have thoughts. <laughs> You'll be like, about him, I'm, you'll be like, let me tell you I'm something about Rosario, Stephen like, Kwan. Like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, I am. 
it's like you know how all of a sudden everyone's like an epidemiologist when the right. pandemic starts and then everyone's like oh i'm an expert on russian military tactics like next week baby it's gonna be great be on the, on the editor's call going hey what do we got coming oh jesus grant wants to write a thousand words on cal raleigh can you believe this <laughs> Gr- Grant's, like, him. Grant's like Cal Raleigh. It's like, I didn't know that those two schools played. <laughs> <laughs> they seem like they're in different conferences. <laughs> oh, man. I only follow Division Three sports where you have, like, Gudger College back east. That's a sweet, sweet Gudger. All right. This has been episode 27 of The Roundtable. We will be back next weekend. We'll know postseason stuff. We'll have thoughts, opinions. We'll see you then. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.